Welcome to the Live Big Podcast featuring Dr. Derek Greer, where we teach principles from God's Word that will empower you to live big. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com. Here's Dr. Greer. It brings a father no glory to have insecure and unsure children. So if you're part of the heavenly family, that there ought to be a certain level of swag that represents the family you belong to. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm not confident because I'm something. I'm confident because he's everything. And when you just spoke to everything about something, there's a confidence you can't explain. When you go to daddy God with your situation, talk about the Godfather, whatever father, but I'm talking about daddy God, the creator of the ends of the earth. When I go to him as his child, but my issue, yes. I done tapped into the highest office in the, in, in, in the universe. Yes. When I leave that office and then I, I leave his presence knowing he heard me, yes. what you say really doesn't matter anymore. He said, this is the confidence we have if we ask anything. Not just the small things, not just some things. Anything according to his will is the only limitation. If we do it, he hears us. Our general prayers don't have to rise any higher than a believing heart and a moving mouth in order for God to hear. This is something else I learned. Prayer either changes my situation or changes me. But prayer changes things. So I don't know if you got to change or your situation got to change. But when you bring it to God in prayer, something's about to change. That's the power of prayer. John 16 and 23. One more scripture and we'll go back. Jesus is speaking. If you ever read Letter Bible, this is read. In that day, he's speaking about after his death. There's a whole context, but we're not going to lay that out. He's speaking to his disciples. In that day, after I go to the cross, after I leave the earth, you will ask me nothing. This is an order. He's looking at me. When I go, to, you will ask me for nothing. You see, after he gave everything at the cross, we have no business asking Jesus for anything else. I know I'm messing with your thinking here. The only thing we have to say to Jesus, Maranatha, come back, Lord. You come soon, Lord. Come quickly. Jesus' only assignment was redemption. He said, I come to seek and to save that which was lost. That was his assignment, and that's what he came to do. But let's keep reading. Most assuredly, meaning I know you're just going to trouble you, and I know it's going to be a challenge and everything, so I got to put this verily, verily in front of it, let you know that I'm not playing, I'm serious. Most assuredly, I say to you, now I used to talk to the Father, but now you, whatever you ask, who? The Father in my name. So I recognize what the deacon board in your last church taught you and how they prayed. 
But Jesus is saying we don't pray to Jesus. His role was only redemption, the Godhead, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. They don't intrude on each other's space. The Father doesn't go down to nobody's cross. The Holy Spirit doesn't ask the Father for a body. Jesus' role was redemption. And when he said he was finished or it is finished, there was nothing left in redemption's regard. You see, after creation, the Bible said that God was finished and he rested. But after redemption, Jesus said, it is finished. Now we can find rest. Let's stay with, with the words here. Whatever you ask the Father in my name. And here's the challenge. We go to God and say, God, I, you know what? I, I've been serving you a long time. I'm, I, I've become a Christian. Uh, 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 Lord, I, I, I do this. I do that. I'm, I'm better than my neighbors, Lord. I'm, 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 I'm pretty kind, and, and I'm, I'm getting better in life. And, and because of that, you ought to do X, Y, and Z. That's almost blasphemy. Whatever you ask the Father, don't you dare do it in your name. Based on how good you are and what you did in your little life. But when you go to the Father, you ask in my name. It's not based on how great you are, but on how great Jesus is. Never ever get that twisted. And that's why you can't believe God to answer your prayer. Because you're looking at yourself. Well, did I get this right? Did I get that right? And if I get everything right, maybe you'll hear me. You'll never get everything right. That's why God took the pressure off and said, don't even pray in your name. Pray in the name of my son, Jesus. You hear me? And he said, he'll give it to you. 24. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Before redemption, the cross, Jesus was okay with people asking for stuff. Jesus, come heal this, go, go fix this. The disciples, you know, uh, you know what are we going to do? We perish. They, they had no, no, no problem. He had no problem with them asking him. But after he gave it all on the cross, it's an insult to ask him for any more like he was somehow withholding something. Jesus has already done everything he's ever going to do about your situation, your problem. He paid for every sin on Calvary's cross. He already done it. He dealt with every sickness, every disease, every issue, every problem, every challenge. Peter said it this way. He said, God has already given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. Meaning Jesus accomplished it at the cross. So here's the deal. You don't ask Jesus, Jesus did his part. You engage the Father in the name of Jesus, and then the Holy Spirit, okay, Jesus is not on the earth anymore. The Bible said he's seated at the right hand of the Father, and the Father's in heaven. What part of the Godhead's on earth? The Holy Spirit. So when we talk to the Father in the name of Jesus, the Holy Spirit becomes the hand of God on the earth. And the full Godhead is involved in that prayer. So praying to Jesus only, you're missing some things. And you really don't understand his role in our life. I have conversations with Jesus, talk to him and, and the rest. 
But when it comes for a request, I talk to the Father. Let's get back to Philippians 4 and 6. Learn it. He said, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and what? Supplication. Supplication. Last week, I quoted Chrysostom, and he he distinguished the first word translated 4-6, which is in everything by prayer. Now, there's prayer, but then it says and. Supplication is different than prayer, or there wouldn't be a conjunction between the two. It would just say by prayer and prayer. But it says by prayer and supplication. So Chrysostom tells us that general prayers are to obtain good, but supplication is a deeply felt and often an intensely vocalized prayer to avoid harm. So general prayer is, is for good, but typically supplications to avoid harm. Supplication, there's two different words used there in the Greek, but when you get to the word supplication, in the meaning of the word is the idea of bowing down and crying out. And we talked about this a little bit last Sunday in the first service, but here's what I want you to understand. If supplication were the only mode of prayer, we would be emotional wrecks. You can't do that all day long. You can't do that all day long and, and, and finish your accounting report, your business report, and, and you, you can't go into to your meeting looking like that. You, you, you can't wait a table looking like that. You, 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 can't, you, you, you can't go through all your day like that. So God is wisdom. There are certain moments where we will cry out to God and he'll hear us. But most of the time, we just believe his promises. Lord, you said so, and I believe it. You said you supply all my needs according to your risen glory. So, Lord, I, I will trust you. Lord, I, I can't even pray out loud because uh, uh, the people in the room, Lord, I'm going to pray right now. I'm doing my breath. Lord, would you help me in this moment? And, and, and when most of our prayers are going to be these general prayers. And, and God will build a hedge about your life with just general prayer. But then there's times of crisis where there's the crying out. Is the bowing down where you got to be expressive and responsive, not just spiritually, but physically. And every fiber of your being is involved in the prayer. And, and we talked about that, where we, where we cry out to the Lord. That, that's supplication. But everything in prayer, what? And supplication. But it's the next one that's often missing. With thanksgiving. Let's look at this in Jesus' life. Matthew 15, 36. The clock is being mean, but uh, we're going to get it done. This is not when Jesus fed the 5,000. This is, this is when he, he fed 4,000 hungry men. There were women and children besides. And he took seven loaves and the fish. He was in a crisis. He didn't have enough. If people left hungry, they were going to talk about Jesus, and things could have happened on the way, and, and you know how you are when you get hungry, the fights you might have in the car on the way home and all the rest, and he didn't want any of that to happen. So what Jesus did in his crisis when he didn't have enough, just, how many of you know with 4,000 people, seven loaves and some fish is not going to get it done? What Jesus did is instructive. He took the little he had, and he gave thanks. See, this is the power of thanksgiving. When you don't have enough, thank him anyway. 
Lord, I don't have a, enough money, but thank you for the money I do have. Lord, I don't have all the friends I used to have, but thank you for the friends I, I, I still have. Lord, I may not run as fast as I used to. And parts of my body might hurt every now and then, but thank you for the help that I, I do have. Thank you for the mobility that I do have. Thank you that I still can walk. Thank you that I can still talk. I, I may not have the exact job that I want, but thank God I am employed, God, and I have a place to go in my life. Lord, you know what? This country gone gone crazy, Lord. They, they have gone stark raving mad. I mean, it's absolutely buck wild. The donation is nuts, God. But at least there's still roads I can drive on. At least there's still clean water I can pour into a cup. At least the grocery store is still full of food. It's great, but Lord, I can be thankful for what I do have. And when you're thankful for what you have, that's when God shows up and shows out and does what only God can do. And that's a good point. Thank God. Just get, get. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Lord, it didn't turn out the way I wanted, but I am alive, Lord. I'm still standing, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. He said that he gave thanks when he didn't have enough. Thank you. And he, and he broke it and gave it to the disciples and the disciples gave it to the multitudes. Be thankful for what you have and you'll have more. But when you're only concentrating on what you don't have, no matter how much you get, it'll never be enough. Because the real problem is attitude and not supply. Back to Philippians 4, 6, and 7, and we're done. Everything, everything by prayer. Y'all know the song, What a Friend We Have in Jesus? All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. I like that the next line says, Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Let, let, let's finish this up and I'm going to let you go. Everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, whether spiritual, emotional, mental, physical, what have you, bring it to God. And the peace of God. Now that word peace is shalom in the Hebrew. It's a huge word in Hebrew. That's the, it, it's big. But we have this huge word peace. I think it's Irene in the Greek. And God. Huge words. But the most important of those two words in this sentence is not just peace and God. It's the of that's in the middle. He's not just talking about human peace, but the peace of God. Yes, yes. Come on. The peace that makes God, God.
God is the peace he's talking about. See, I, I don't understand it all, but through the First World War, God was at peace. The Second World War, God was at peace. On the brink of the Third World War, God is at peace. He knows the end from the beginning. I, I, I can't even fathom why he's not flipping out watching the craziness going on down here. But we're not talking about human peace, but the peace of God, God's own peace. This peace doesn't mean that troubles are absent. It just means God is present. But the next two lines, what I need to get to, which surpasses all understanding. I mean, if we bring it to him, if we, if we would go into our telephone booth, prayer closet, God will give you a peace that don't make any sense. I've had so many conversations with people this year that on the end of the phone, it's like, you must not have heard me. I heard you. No, 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 you're in denial. No, no, I'm not denying. I know, I know what the facts are. But there's a peace that passes understanding. That that's not attached to anything on earth. And yeah, I might have my moment, but I get into my booth, my moment's over, and, and on this man, God put super, you hear what I'm saying? On this natural, he had supernatural, and, and it's a supernatural peace that makes no sense. I think you think I'm a little bit crazy, because everyone else is kirking out, but I'm okay. And here's the thing, that doesn't happen just because you're a Christian. It happens because you go to God in prayer and you pray through. And there have been some moments in my life, man, my, my, I felt my brain was going to drip out my left ear. And I cried to God, help me, dear God. And somehow, he, I can't explain it, but he takes me and hides me in the cleft of the rock. It's like, Derek, I got you. Tell me what you feel, and, and I can't explain it, but there's a protection and a, yeah. and, and a keeping, and, and he hides me, and somehow he, and I, boy, you're going to be all right, boy. Be, be, be encouraged, boy. I, I love you. I know, I know what you're feeling. I know what you're thinking, but, but don't do that, son. This is what I want you to do. And what's amazing is in that time of prayer, I go to him with all my stuff, but then I feel that cape again, and that wind blowing, and and then when that transformation comes, he's like, okay, boy, now go out there. Be strong and show yourself a man. Stand up for righteousness. Do what I ask you to represent me on the earth, boy. Go on and, and be that man. Be that woman. You hear what I'm saying? But it's not because I'm strong. It's because he became my strength in, in my prayer closet, in my secret place where you couldn't see, where you didn't understand. God changed me on the inside and gave strength. That moves me forward, which surpasses all understanding. So you say, Lord, I'll have peace when I can figure it out. God's peace is knowing whether I understand it or not. God is figuring it out. And if he got it, that's enough. It's the last, last part, and we're through. This peace will guard your hearts. Clark says, this peace, and he says it literally means to keep your heart in a strong place. 
like a castle surrounded by a moat filled with alligators. And God wants to surround you with peace like a river. Peace too broad for any thing or any person or any issue to cross. But for you to be on the other side of that moat, you got to go to him. You, you got to pray through. I can't explain it, but you pray until something changes on the inside, until you know he has it. And when you, when you pray that way, there's a security and a strength. When everyone else is going crazy, crazy, God will put your sanity in protective custody. It was more than once this past 12 months, I thought I just might lose it. But my sanity was handcuffed to two angels. And they were on both sides and keeping it right in my head. Keeping me together, holding me up. And, and when, when you pray through, not, I thank God for, for the things we do. But what we do is we'll say, well, you know what? I'll watch three hours of television. No, no, watch some TV. You need to relax and everything. But pray first. Yes. Oh, you know, and I, I'm going to eat all this food. And, and I'm just going to stretch myself till I blow up. Because, you know, just quiet the stuff on the inside. We eat some good food. But take it to the Lord and pray. And sometimes we do everything but, if that literally means for you, and this is maybe the way you got to start, that you literally go into your closet. You need to go into your closet. Say, Lord, I am in my telephone booth, and I bring Clark Kent before you. <laughs> Clark Kent's a punk. I mean, the newer Clark Kent, not as much, but I mean, the old Clark Kent. Was... Yeah. So Lord, I bring you all my humanity, all my Clark Kentness. You have been listening to the Live Big Podcast with Dr. Derek Greer. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com or follow Dr. Greer on social media.